everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. Usually, this is where I would have a very delightful quote uh, <laughs> relating to the episode, but this time, I'm just going to direct all of you guys' attention to Paul Rudd uh, introducing a clip from his movie on Conan. You can find <laughs> it online. Just pick Paul Rudd Conan, and you'll be... You'll know why. Love it. You'll know why. Hey, LaToya. <laughs> and we are joined by, uh, I guess, 1980s sitcom uh, expert, Lisa Schinninger. What's up, Lisa? Oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, if anybody needs any ELF content, I am the person to call immediately. Like, I should absolutely be front of your mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy we're having expert. you back on for another episode of a show that is just straight up nonsense, <laughs> 1980s gibberish. So we watched yeah. Alf, if you can't tell from that intro, the uh, season four, episode six, Hooked on a Feeling episode, which is the episode where Alf gets addicted to cotton. <laughs> uh, you know, who hasn't gotten addicted to cotton, to cotton right? Yeah, you know, we all are addicted to cotton. You know how it is. This is the kind of episode that makes illegally downloading sound appealing, because after I watch it, <laughs> I want to drag the episode to a trash can and, like, watch yeah. it literally disappear. Like, I, I cannot yeah. take... The fact that I sat through something that literally involves, like, I would say 20 minutes of cotton puns. <laughs> like, that's all it really is. They're not even puns. Cotton There's jokes. No puns here. Cotton jokes. It's Happy no, quotation of like mentioning jokes. cotton jokes. And Cheech and Chong, because you guys know Cheech and Chong's the, a thing. There's a point where, I, well, I'm not even, let's just jump right into it. I mean, we can go beat for beat and we'll still be done this in, like, 20 minutes. We'll probably have more to say about the show well, did you guys see at large. The actual runtime of the show with both opening and closing credits is 19 and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the 80s were a hell of a time. <laughs> yeah. 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 This was, I mean, and then, like, it's so thin. There's, like, there's, like, full, like, like minute breathers between scenes sometimes where it's just sort of like someone's talking. Like, it's not like there's any quick cuts. Like, everything is very lingering, very standard, mm-hmm. very 1980s sitcom. Now, okay, so we should probably, before we get too far into it, I have never seen this show before. You guys have seen it somewhat. Lisa, you said you watched it live and regularly. You, like, loved it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was I was a kid when it was on TV, right? So I was, like, you in were the their demo. target audience, <laughs> yes. apparently. Yeah. And I loved it, and now I'm like, I don't understand. Well, you I were a child, that's that... what it was. <laughs> and I didn't know I was that stupid of a child. Now, looking back, I'm very like, upset with myself. <laughs> like, it's just... Mindless. It's just Mindless. atrocious. I really, honestly, can we talk for a second about, like, okay, the show was developed by this guy who was actually the puppeteer for Al. Right. Paul, He's the whatever. puppeteer, Paul, a writer. Paul Fusco, yeah. Fusco, yeah. He was the voice of Alf. Like, Alf... I, I think he honestly probably thinks he is Alf. Like reading about Still some the of the behind the scenes stuff now. Yeah, yeah. He has done things recently. And I Alf. just, Oof. I'm just like this guy. There's something wrong. Like there's like many screws loose with this guy because it's totally messed up all the way through. Like, he still apparently wants to pretend, like, Alf is, like, a real being and not, like, a puppet. Like, Wait, you mean, like, IR- IRL, he, like, I pretends mean, Alf is real? I mean, I, he was just the voice of Alf in Johnny Depp's Donald Trump Funnier Die sketch. That was in February of this year. Yeah, hell. yeah. And they said when he was, uh, when they guest when they had Alf guest on, like, and I'm talking, like, Alf is a real person now. When they had Alf on 30 Rock, like, he comes in, there were, like, all these restrictions about how you could use Alf and, like... He comes into the thing, and they shoot, and they immediately, like, put him into a suitcase and whisk him See, out. See, that's like, my biggest takeaway from this, is that never having seen it, 
it really comes across like the the show itself and the characters in the show and the family within the show literally come across like they're all gonna murder someone. Like I I did not watch this and think, oh how charming! There's this sweet little alien goof. Because I've watched shows that have sweet little aliens in it. Like, that's kind of the whole point. Mm-hmm. But I mentioned you before, before the show, Lisa. This, to me, I am terrified of E.T. I don't really know why. Yeah. But I am. It's a, it's a thing I have to deal with, which is a crazy thing <laughs> to, to know. But this is, like, <laughs> in an uncanny valley of, like, creepiness, this is too far south for me to handle towards the, this is, like, basically an E.T. And I don't know what the difference yeah. is. I guess it's the way they pu- there's like a pie of style of puppeting. It's as different than a it's actually closer to a Muppet than it is a, like a like a, a finger puppet, which sounds crazy, but it's like the difference between you know Mr. Rogers and then the Muppets movie. They want that like like it's what you're describing is they want like the humanity behind it, and it yeah just, like a level of realism and it tips this like scale so where it just sort of comes across like is it like I know it's not real. But I have such a vivid imagination. Well, sometimes there was a, a little person in the outpost. Okay, so that's even so. that's actually might describe it. That might be what it is. Is if there's actually a person inside something, I can like sense yeah. the humanity in it in a weird way. Like my 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 instincts oh. see the person, even though I know it's not a real thing. I can just like see a soul moving across the screen, and I'm like, there's. Well, something. maybe it is a real thing. Yeah, you know, maybe we're all wrong. Maybe, maybe Paul maybe Fusco was right. Alf like, is real. Maybe he landed in Paul Fusco's oh, backyard God. one well, day. Like, well, he did tell apparently, Fusco. according to IMDb trivia, tell the cast and crew not to give away the secrets to Alf. What kind of that's secrets? terrifying? Yeah, that's, the, the secrets to Alf is that he has a body count on his head. That's what it is. Like, <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. What kind of secrets? Are, what secrets? What kind of secrets could he have? Like, how he steps into the puppet suit? Like, I don't... What? In the immortal words of Lana Lang, tell me your secrets. (laughs) Like, what? Like, I don't understand. Because, like, puppets, to a degree, I know there's a complicatedness, and kind of, like, it's a a beautiful... (laughs) (laughs) There's a beautiful style of choreography that comes with being a great puppeteer. That's the same of, like, Sesame Street or Muppets or whatever. That's a whole, like, style of and skill set unto itself. But, like, to describe this as, like, there's some kind of a secret to it is a little bit creepy. Like, there's a special way he puts a hand in, in a puppet. Like, I don't... Uh, that's uh, uneasy. Well, you know, Maura, when a man and a puppet love each other... <laughs> oh, very much. <laughs> very, very much. Uh, it reminds you know, me... It's, that's, it's so funny that you said that about, like, he's got, like, a body count. Because I did not realize as a kid, I did not pick up on, like, the level of menace in yeah. um, Max Wright. Who plays the dad? Like Lisa, in yes! this episode, especially like you feel like he is ready to snap at any moment, and then now you hear these stories about how miserable it was to film this thing, and I'm like, I, it really is a wonder that like no one died on the set of this. Yeah, that we and, know I, of and because, I, like, I came into this not with the baggage oh, of having man. watched the whole show, so he just came across like, is this at a point like I I was sitting there thinking like this is the fourth season of this show. So that means this guy has been this malevolent this whole time. I'm like, why has he not snapped and left the family? He seems like he wants to kill himself or everyone there. Like, I I could not knock that feeling the entire time I was watching it. And then I went on to look on his IMDb, and of course at one point he has actually played Dr. Mangle. So I was like, okay. He has a certain demeanor where he just is like a threatening... And I also kind of got like the vibe of like a health code inspector, which apparently he's also played. But like, it's sort of like that menacing like you don't know what's up my sleeve. And it's a little creepy for a dad on a sitcom to be playing that so so close to the chest. Like, that was kind of, like, his beat, is that I'm gonna be this, like, completely, like, enigmatic weirdo. Like, that's what he was going for, right? Like, I don't think that you're supposed to... It's 
I was just going to say, by the time, like, this episode is fourth season. This is the fourth year he's been working with this right. fucking awful puppet <laughs> in these terrible circumstances. Like, I don't this know. I don't showrunner. Yeah, I think he was probably going for, like, benevolent, you know, like, milk toast dad. But, like, this level of menace just comes oozing out because he just loathes every second of it. Like, yeah, they're all so, like, lifeless, essentially. It, it reminds me of, like, Full House when you go back and watch it early seasons. And the whole, like, Danny's obsessive-compulsive cleaner thing was so funny as a kid. And then you watch it as an adult and you're like... Oh, he's got, he's a little disturbed. Like he's a little obsessed. Yeah. Like he's cleaning his vacuum with a little miniature vacuum. Like that's a little like you don't notice it because it's played for jokes. And this is what's going on in the show. Is he, he's being played for a joke the entire show. I'm not trying to describe him as some kind of genuinely evil person, but the fact that there's never really a resolution to his plot besides just like giving into the fact that he is troubled and Alpha's troubled and the world is a dark yeah. place is kind of the if solution. This show went the way it should, like it would end in a murder suicide. <laughs> yes. Like, from yeah, like basically. he's a family annihilator in waiting because of this trigger that is Alf walking around his house. And it's really and funny like because... forcing him to like bring people over and he starts to hide <laughs> Alf. Like, yeah, and then I get it gets real dark too because yeah. the wife describes one of his phobia or not phobia, his one of his um uh addictions that he can't break is that he can't leave the house. And I'm like was that like a Freudian slip of hers? Because that's about Alf too, and that even though Alf is trying to quit Cotton, and then they, this group is—we'll get to the humorous point of the fact that they're they're a group meeting to try and quit Humor. cigarettes, but like he he is described instead of having to quit cigarettes, they're like at first she tells the group, oh he he he's an agoraphobic, he can't leave the house, but that's that's basically like spoiler alert, that's part of what Alf's upsetting like real reason behind his addiction is is that he cannot leave the house and see other people like him. Well- and it's real dark because I'm like, there's no real solution to it. I guess the end of the series is maybe Only rough. the final solution. Doctor Mangle, Doctor Mangle, his first final solution. Doctor Mangle, what are you doing here? <laughs> but like, the this is maybe ramping up to the series finale where the only solution is Alf leaves and goes back to Melmac, his home. But like, there's no real solution no, in, the, in the meantime. There is no Melmac. Melmac was destroyed. <gasps> like, we're, this is like a Superman like situation. Oh, it, yeah. This <laughs> is like a Superman situation. It is! Well, that's it's setting a series of words. But it turns out uh, he's not, uh, if I remember correctly, it turns out that Alf is not the only... Melmacian. Melmacian. I looked it up. I looked it up because yeah. I wanted to have the right phonetics, but yes, he's a Melmacian. Oh, is it Melmacian? Yes. Okay. okay. I'm glad I still have my terminology oh, correct. Jesus um, He's but also yeah, from Ohio, so I was like, oh man, Lisa must love this. <laughs> Willie was from Ohio. I you know, I'm sure that that was a big draw, because nobody ever talked about Ohio. <laughs> Back then it was like, ooh la la. But, yeah, it's like oh, I had this. Ohio? You know so-and-so? Oh, I hated that. I hated that, too. Oh, man. <laughs> if that happens oh, all the time. Oh, Jesus. Well, uh, so, I also watched this terrible show, I guess, as a child, uh, but I didn't have any memories of it because I was a very tiny child. So I just asked my mother, like, hey, do you remember how I felt about this show? And she's like, well, you weren't really that into it. And she personally hated it, apparently. And she told me that it, it was no small wonder. So I guess small wonder was my jam as a kid. Okay, Alf, small wonder so was much. everyone's small jam. Wonder, so. Small wonder, I haven't seen it. Small wonder was amazing. From what I, know, I don't know how that creepy robot kid didn't terrify me, though. That's why I'm confused. I think I, su- <laughs> like, I, think I suppressed it, because there's no way that I wouldn't be terrified of that. Well, from what I know of small wonder, <laughs> a.k.a. I love the 80s on, on VH1, um, it's definitely a more, I wouldn't say edgy, necessarily, but it's definitely a more... Um, 
self-reflexive kind of show. That's what I was, I mean, I mentioned it to Latoya before, is I was kind of pitched the show at one point, I think, by somebody who I guess was just either a person who watched it and didn't remember how crazy it was, or was just susceptible to insanity. But um, they, they described yeah. it to me as a kind of show that kind of is like a fun tilt on, um, you know, the modern sitcom, which is not untrue because technically the, the fun, like, goof on it is that it's an alien is part of the family. But then uh-huh. I mentioned to my mom, I'm like, what, what do you remember this show? Because I definitely didn't watch this. I think, I think latently I was avoiding the fact that he reminded me of E.T. without even knowing it. Because the minute I started watching this, I'm like, I'm a little unsettled by this puppet. So, like, I, I never, like, sought it out, basically, because it was a little bit before my time. But um, she described it as, like, a Mork and Minnie to her. And she enjoyed it because I think it was kind of, like, kind of part yeah. of the course, like, like mainstream well, broad say, like silliness which this is was around the same time so after Mork and Minnie and this was around the same time as stuff like Harry and the Henderson that's also and yeah and I, I get so what like that fish out of water hidden secret that might like, be what they were trying to talk to you about I've seen Harry and the Hendersons though so I don't know what the, I don't know what I still think it was supposed to be this I think people describe this to me as almost like it was married with children meets dinosaurs and I'm like that sounds like a great it's- show that sounds pretty good. Not this show. No, I was thinking, actually watching this, thinking Alf is like a character who would fit in on like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like there's this really Twisted dark darkness. Like yeah, he is. He's irritating. He's really like he's sexist. He's gross. He's has to have his way on everything. Like it's a really kind of like a really modern character, and it doesn't fit in with this family at all because these family are just like nothing. Like they barely. I couldn't exist. believe it was actually set in the eighties. Like I didn't realize it was this old in the show. I thought it was like in the yeah. early nineties for some reason because I think it is. It is a very modern concept to have this like. Goof- I mean, not to Superman. We just named a bunch of things that were from the eighties as well. But it the way that the character is like that like kind of like. uh comic the- or triumphant comic dog or like uh yeah, or yeah, like yeah. anything from family guy like you have that like you know purient weird like pet slash alien turned family member in a weird way so it's it's because branding baby yeah and, and and if anything i think accidentally people have branded their their brands to be so much that that this kind of got lumped in with that but really this is actually i think has more in common with the honeymooners than it does like dinosaurs oh yeah you know it's like very paint by numbers sitcom. which is crazy like, I, it's it's funny that somebody would recommend it to you as like a riff on the sitcom because it's a hundred percent straight ahead there's no riffing yeah. at all so i don't is, because, i still don't remember who it like, was we were it was just miss, miss, miss. like we were discussing how insane paul fusco is and just reading the wikipedia it's like it's a gold mine in talking Please, about how like <laughs> I need to, okay, so I'm at the censorship part, but I'm going to have to go even back ahead of that too after because Tina Fey had some things to say about Al. Oh, please. Uh, but let's see. Fusco commented in 2007 that his most enjoyable experience on ALF was sitting in the writer's room and pitching jokes while pushing the limit as to what NBC censored would allow. Fusco commented that the greatest things were the jokes we couldn't put in the show. Uh-huh. Specifically, okay. puns dealing with ALF eating cats and other pets were problematic after NBC reported that a child placed a cat in the microwave after what watching the show. What the hell? In the pilot episode, Alf is seen consuming a beer with Brian. Busco defended the premise, saying that Alf is 285 years old. He can drink a beer. He's old enough. However, as Alf became more popular with children, NBC told Fusco, you can't have them drinking. The kids are watching. It's a bad role See, model. this is the thing Even I'm talking Fus- about. This is like, it's like a Married with Children bit or something. Or you're right, like, and it's always yeah. Sunny bit. Like, it's weird. Even though Fusco believed that Alf was an adult, he can do it. The alcohol consumption can... 
concept was discarded by the end of the first season. The cat-eating concept carried sporadically into the second season with references including the the wedding cat in the episode Something's Wrong With Me, uh, the male Macian equivalent of a wedding cake. Milmachian. And, oh, Milmachian, sorry. <laughs> you don't know how to say Milmachian. She's a treasure expert now. <laughs> oh, children are fucking idiots. So in one episode in season one, Alf tries to simulate a jacuzzi by bringing Kate's electric mixer into the bathtub. That's receiving an electric shot with cause amnesia. That's the episode we almost watched, actually. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. There, there was a public service announcement after that. Like, don't do this. Despite this, NBC reported that a child attempted to cre- recreate the scenario and nearly electrocuted himself in the process. Jesus. <laughs> what is wrong with soldier, first of all? What the hell? But yeah, um, uh, here's the thing I was uh, going to say about Tina Fey. Where was it? Yes. In an interview on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, Tina Fey said that her biggest frustration as producer of NBC's 75th anniversary special was dealing with Alf's people. Faye said Fusco would only allow Alf to appear on the show if the puppeteers were hidden from everyone else. After Alf's cameo alongside former Family Ties star Michael Gross, Alf disappeared through a hole in the riser, was stuffed into a case, and immediately removed from the building. Yeah. Fusco, like, there's something wrong there. And I want to go back real quick. We we just jumped over the other thing, or you're about to get the other part, too, where it was... In 2010, the blooper footage surfaced of Alf uh, uh, delivering a bunch of racial jokes and inappropriate sexual comments... And he was supposed to be mocking an episode of L.A. Law from the 80s, um, dealing with Tourette Syndrome. So he was trying to basically what? do a spoof of Tourette Syndrome, which is hilarious, of course. Of and course. then he asked a comment, the producer stated that it was a footage from an era when things were not so, quote, ridiculously, ridiculously PC. PC. Like, to me, that speaks of uh, exactly where they're coming from. They wanted to use a puppet to say the stuff that you couldn't say okay, yourself. But which is just... Hate- does he think he is Alf? Like, I don't I think understand. the thing is, like, here's what I think they were trying to do with the show. They basically wanted to recreate All in the Family, but they couldn't do the whole Archie Bunker thing anymore. So they're like, let's throw it in a puppet, no one will say anything. Sounds great. Can he eat cats? Sure, They also not? apparently did not get the point of All in the Family. Exactly! The whole point is that the, yeah. Archie Bunker is meant to confront his prejudices every fucking episode. Do not- I hate when people throw back, oh, that good old boy stuff would make America great again. It is, it was never great, first of all. It was terrible to be anybody but a white guy back then. But secondly, like, the, the whole thing with Archie Bunker is he was not great on the show. Like, anyone watching that show and thinking, oh, wow, what a swell guy, is the same person who watches Breaking Bad and thinks, oh, that Walter White's really making something of himself. Like, you cannot, you cannot use your own weird, like, honestly misbegotten way of viewing something and try and pretend like that means it's a good thing. It was meant to be bad, and sometimes authorial intent is not a huge deal, but when it comes from this situation, it seems to me like they meant for Alf to be a complete piece of shit. So the fact that people interpreted him that way, you can't go back on it and say, also, oh, it was less PC then. Like, wow. Ah. Yeah. It, it was meant to be stupid. like swap Danny DeVito in digitally yes! for, for Alf in any episode with no difference. That's yeah. exactly right. It is really, it is basically a little Danny DeVito. And the point of Danny DeVito's characters is I'm, to me... Fusco said in 2012 that despite what people thought, there uh, uh, that there was a lot of tension on set, there really wasn't. Which anyone who worked on the show would disagree with. Yeah. But Fusco, apparently, living in his own insane world. Well, you know what, though? It was probably great for him, because he was the creator, star, yeah. writer... And probably, like, major... Like, he, he probably got the most money from this show by far, so he probably loved it. He's still reaping in the, the benefits of watch of us watching it on Hulu. He got that money. So, I'm sorry. We're part of the problem, guys. Yeah, the co-creator oh. of the show, Tom Padgett, like, honestly, he basically traded 
down to be like working the show. He wrote like the Great Muppet Caper, the Muppets Take Manhattan. Like he wrote for Bob Newhart's show, Carol Burnett's show. Like I feel bad for this guy. He had to <laughs> he had to like succumb to a, an insane person's vision. <laughs> I don't. I can't know. imagine working on this show. I really can't. Like, it seems like an absolute nightmare. You couldn't walk on the set because, like, you would fall through the trap doors that they used to bring Alf up through the floor. Like, we haven't even talked about the episode. <laughs> like, all of this. Is there's like, there's so little to say. Like, we can get into it in a, a second. Thing that existed in the world. I can't. Yeah. Argue. And I feel like the, the whole. I mean, to me, I'm like, it really gets sweeped under the rug as one of those like funny, like weird pockmarks on, like, TV history. Yeah, like, just like, one of those shitty sitcoms that no one thinks twice about, really. Or they actually reference as a joke, because it is funny, the whole concept is supposed to be funny, how ridiculous it is. And that's why I thought originally it was kind of lampooning a sitcom, because that's an absurd, like, the whole concept of putting an alien as a part of the family, it is stupid, and then they have the thing that could eat cats, and it was a whole thing. Like, it, it seems almost like a pitch for an SNL skit, basically. Mm-hmm. The fact that it happens to be a show, is just adds to the humor of it. So, when when, I, when you go back and watch this, though, and, like, really, like, put a microscope on it, it's like, this was insane. The people that worked on it seemed like they were, like, literally traumatized, and it was garbage from start to beginning like from start to the end and i think <laughs> start everything to beginning. start to beginning start to end and then the the it has a ton of spin-off stuff too he's done nothing but appear on other things since that point like we mentioned recently in an episode of blossom oh my god yeah he like, appears yeah. in honest to god he must appear in like a thing every i would say 2 to 3 years like, they even have well, references gotta, to this in Guardians gotta of the Galaxy. he's got to keep the rights to Alf, right? Yeah, so he's got to keep, keep it. alive. Got to keep him alive. And I can't, like, I remember Alf was incredibly popular. Like, I don't remember ever watching oh, the know. show with anyone or talking about the show with anyone, but he was on, like, he was licensed everywhere. He was on lunchboxes, t-shirts, people, everybody wore a t-shirt. Like, I don't understand it. It's like... It's, it's like a cultural like narcolepsy that happened where everyone was just like <laughs> yeah yeah okay we'll be into this for like yeah. a solid six or seven years for no reason at all and like you know kind of like kind of like electing donald trump to be president <laughs> it's just this, like, that. i'll link to the funnier i'll link to the funnier die thing <sighs> at least that maybe yeah would... the donald trump art of the deal yeah that's how you know he's such a cool guy because he was friends with al God. All right, so let's it let's try and crack this open. We'll we'll try and crack it open. I, I would I would wager that at least sixty percent of my notes are in all caps. So I'm gonna be pretty furious throughout most of this. The reason why we did a lot of that up front is there's not a whole ton of substance to this episode. It there's is about Alf getting addicted to cotton, and that's where the end of the episode is. Like it's it, there's no other plot. There's no B plot. There's no C plot. There's not even really a uh, a huge. I mean, the, the only real thing that takes up a lot of time is this this recovery meeting that they have at some point, but everything else is just sort of like snapshots of Alf's addiction to cotton, which is something else. But, uh, wow. so let's, let's get, let's get into it. It starts Cold off with them making, this is, is what I, this end. is what I, I yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Shut the doors, roll tape, check the gate. So the weird thing here is that like, it starts off and I, I went into this again, completely blind, never having seen it before. The first joke is, uh, they're unpacking groceries Joke. in the kitchen. <laughs> Thank you both for jinx. Uh, I mean, immediately, I'm like, this is the most awkward forced laughter. Is someone being held at gunpoint? Yeah. Yeah. And 
he says to them, forget, well, that someone is, I think it's like a daughter is unpacking. Yeah, they have the daughter. You guys forgot breath mints. And then she goes, oh, uh, sorry, Alf, I'll get it another time. And he goes and he breathes it in her face. And he's like, you're the one who has to live with it. I'll run uh. to the 7-Eleven, oh no. And that's like the opening, like, <laughs> and it takes like 30 seconds, which sounds I literally didn't arbitrary. even hear what she said. She's like, I forgot that we're at the store. And he's like, you have to live with it. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, My first note before anything even happens in the episode is just, this just feels miserable. <laughs> yeah. Yes. From the beginning. Like, that's not even a joke so much as him just being a bully. Like, yeah. where's the joke in it? Is you're the one to live like, with it? Like, what? It honestly felt like the beginning of, like, a lethal weapon movie or something when you where you see like the bad guy has is holding some like a whole family hostage, right? And the <laughs> yeah. cops are gonna come bursting in to rescue them and murder the guy. It does, like, it does. I, like, it's like or it's like we what, we just got dropped into the middle of the rep or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh god. Oh, it's terrible. But so he then he says then he's like uh I see I didn't know what this episode was about. I didn't look any of that up. Maybe we vaguely Oh did. wow well, I, I knew he had an addiction, but I don't think I realized, like, Cotton as in, like, it's all about him being addicted to Cotton. Yeah, I just thought it was, like, it was a, a thing. Like, an like a ongoing... This is, like, the only part of the episode. So yeah, This is where the dad asks about, like, the Cotton swaps, right? Yes. He, well, he, and he also delivers it like an alien himself, where he says, Elf, did you take the Cotton swabs? <laughs> like, he says it in the weirdest <laughs> way. Where it's like, no one pronounces Cotton swabs that way. First of all, you say, you say just... Q-tips, like you don't say cotton swabs, but if you say <laughs> cotton swabs because it's branded, they couldn't pay for that Q-tip money. But he says it in the way where he's like, "Did you take the cotton swabs?" And I'm like, "No one says it that way." Well, like, this yes. is madness. He's asking, was... like, he's asking for some gray poupon. Yes, and then he's like, and then the again quotation marks around the word joke. The joke is that Alf goes back to him. It was a uh, moth. Moths did it. That's the joke. Look, that's it. That's all it was. That's it. That's all there. You've got a really good elf accent going, Thank you. by the way. That was like, very well. I'm like, it's the best accent you've ever had, Maura. And it was a fucking elf accent. <laughs> of course. The closest. <laughs> that's, like my, that's like my personal like horror story is the closest accent to my own accent is literally elf. <laughs> This darkness that's been inside of me this whole time. Well, you know what? Paul Fusco, I think we found your successor here, Maura. Oh, God. No, he's really trying to have Maura killed. Just she doesn't take over Alf. Oh, no. No, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. Oh, no. He'll never give him up. Is there, like, a female elf, I guess? I could try and do that. Although I could probably... I'm close enough to both of them. I don't. Know. I feel like you're opening a door here that we just do not want to have open. <laughs> True. I feel <laughs> like I've seen... I don't want to talk about no lady elf. But, uh, so he's eating cotton balls, and he's, and he says, he just genuinely says, like, oh, it was the moths, the moths. And, and it's such a weird, like, turn, because I'm like, okay, so what's the joke? Like, that's a setup to another joke, because it's, okay, this is, not to get too into comedy writing, but it's just, usually if you're gonna set up a joke like that, there's a punchline, and then there's usually some kind of, like, a, you know, a response from, from Willie that's gonna make it funnier, because that's not a funny joke. But they just move on. And it just mm-hmm. drops there like a sack of potatoes. Like, I don't understand moths. Like, moths. First of all, moths would not eat full pieces of cotton. Like, what? What? Is that? What is the premise even? I don't understand what he even meant. <laughs> For a breed. We haven't even gotten to the opening credits. I know. And then and then he, then he just, like, they pull out, like, a random uh, baggie of, like, cotton balls. And he's like, oh, cotton balls. Yes, yeah, sweet cotton balls. And, and he just 
tears open the bag of cotton balls and starts stuffing them in his ugly mouth. And then <laughs> credits roll. <laughs> like, that's this episode begins. Like, nothing even just happened. I know it sounds like we just, like, talked in circles. It's because nothing happened. And we're talking about the same two minutes of, of screen time. Which is still too much time to only have two solid jokes. The rest of it was Again, him opening and eating a bag of cotton balls. Like, 19 and a half minutes long. The episode. And, like, the credits are a literal... Like, my, my notes are just, like, the credits are a literal nightmare. And then this is where I first realized... <laughs> saxophone! <laughs> I literally... I could have had a nightmare that was actually less scary than cooks. this. Oh, yes. my God. I've had too many cooks stuck in my head since last night because of this. Like, it does have very too many cooks. Smarf. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and Smarf. Do we even, so like... Do we even need to do this episode, or could we just segue into Too Many Cooks? <laughs> okay, I'm on that. I, I only want to talk about Too Many Cooks and the greatest event in television history. Yes, I, that's the other thing. like, redo this opening sequence. And this is the point where, I think up until this point, I was kind of, like, fighting it, but my notes start to say, I think I'm kind of afraid of it. And I was like, oh, let's, let's explore this feeling. And it gets worse and worse throughout the episodes. So I was like, oh... Something about, like, the credits and the fact that, like, the thing was, like, part of the family and, like, it, it is, like, it's, we're joking about the too many cooks, but it has the exact, that's why it creeps me out, is, you know how, that, that's when you're- That totally menacing well, feeling, yeah. yeah well, well, also, when you, Paul Fusco, uh, created Space Cats, which, that's, like, the space part of Too Many Cooks. Yes, and the, the, the part of Too Many Cooks where it's, it's, like, I think, like, two-thirds of the way through when the credits start rolling with the, with the killer inside the credits, mm-hmm. and all the weird stuff where, like, people are just, like, in the wrong place and screaming. Like, yeah. and it's just, like, this happy music and it just keeps moving along. That's what it felt like. Like, it felt like someone just, like, copy and pasted Alf into these credits of this family, and I'm like, what's happening? I'm like, what am yeah. I watching? Because it's like a, like, you could pull him out of there and, like, put in a random person and it would have been the same credits. Like, the fact that it happens to be an alien is almost arbitrary. And it's really creepy. Like, there's something about that that just feels unsettling. And I can't even describe why. But I just, it's how I feel. I have to be honest. I'm sharing my truth. <laughs> like, I was terrified. And I love that, like, in the in the credits, there's, like, like this hilarious riff on cat murder. Because that's, again, if we didn't explore it fully... Uh, Alf eats cats. Yes. Which, that's <laughs> and, the punchline, I guess? Is it supposed to be, like, isn't it hilarious that they're he like, eats cats? Like, the cats on Melmac are, like, they're cattle. Ha ha, cat cattle. Um, so, uh, like, they are a food source that he would have eaten at home, and they have to keep, like, trying to talk him out of it. And you said earlier that, like, NBC was like, you gotta, you gotta chill out on chill the cat. Chill out on the cat murder? Because- but, like, if you talk to people now, if you ask them about Alf, the only thing they're going to remember is that he ate cats. He eats cats. Yep. That's, that is it. In fact, what I know Alf as, not having seen the show and only having watched brief, like, you know, interims of it on I Love the 80s, it is, to me, used almost primarily in rap lyrics as a, a, a nice way of getting around the fact that someone eats cats. Is, is mm. <laughs> I'll let you make the assumption of what I'm saying, but... That's very, very smooth. Yes, but yeah. it's not it's not very subtle in that sense, too, where I think that the whole joke of Alf is the, the same thing. I mean, it was the 80s, so it was a little bit more, you know, risque to be making it then than it is now, but it is certainly, I'm sure, a, a, an ongoing joke is the fact that cats are interchangeable for body parts mm-hmm. in, in current slang, and I'm sure slang back then even was the same thing, right? Like, I think... Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. You're well-versed <laughs> in the streets, <laughs> clearly, Maura. Yeah. I'm well, so well-versed in the streets, we you guys. We were definitely out there using cat to refer to other <laughs> feline terms for anatomy. 
Yeah. But I, I, I think the, the struggle I have with this is partly too just that. The, it's so it's like one of those things where it's like oh Alf you silly goof <laughs> you trying to eat our cat like there's nothing funny about that to me why is he their responsibility of... right and also, he, he like... landed in their backyard don't you guys know like that's a lot guess what if Look, an alien not... lands in your backyard you that's what it is that's what it is Lisa <laughs> it's the ET thing if an alien li- like lands in my backyard yeah. I'm calling the police I'm saying come with your guns I don't care <laughs> You might be a redneck. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's to me, I'm like, this is the closest I've ever seen to something where it's like, it's like ET, where it's like he's one of the family now. I'm like, nah, no ET. Like, and the fact that they like stay like they do that like remastered version where everyone has just was it like like uh, some oh, kind they, of a they carry flashlights instead of guns. flashlights instead of guns. Yeah. Now I want the guns. I want I want my government. The I want time yeah, I want a militarized ET, government. I feel like um ET they need to have the guns and there needs to be a different ending to that movie because Right. Oh, I'm in the same boat as you. It's terrible. If, if I watched ET in a perfect world, ET would end with him getting one right through the head. <laughs> oh Whoa. my god. I mean ET deserves to survive far more than Alf does. Well, that's true. I'm sure that's technically true. No, I have such a visceral horror of ET. Like, Me I can't too. even, I can barely even look at a picture of E.T. without freaking out. Like, every time it's on TV and I flip past it, I'm just like, ugh. But I would take E.T. over Alf in a heartbeat. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's an actual person. If they both in my yard and I, and I could only call the cops on one of them, I would call the cops on Alf. Absolutely, 100%. Cause I feel like E.T., even though he's got, like, he's he seems like a, a good-hearted person, would also murder Alf, like, in a heartbeat. Because Alf would be, like, running <laughs> his big mouth. And and he would just use his long gangly arms to just choke him, like choke him out seriously and intensely <laughs> immediately. I really, I really hope, like, I, I, like, I want somebody to like figure this out, like, like make a computer video, <laughs> a computer video, see, of <laughs> ET versus Elf, right? But I don't ever want to see it. Like, I just yeah, I just want to know it exists. I don't want to actually watch it. Oh, a computer video. Somebody get on computer that. Computer video. Get like, on it. I, I think my biggest struggle with this, to be honest, is partly just, I don't find him menacing. Like, I, I do find, I've just spent all this time telling you I feel creeped out by him, which I am creeped out by him. But the the reason why E.T. goes even further is that E.T.'s so quiet. Like, Alpha's just, like, an asshole. Like, I, I, have, I have, like, have... Alpha's like Sam Kinison. Like, yes, and I'm like, I don't, costume. I don't, if that showed up in my backyard, I'd be less <laughs> creeped out and, like, unsure about, like, oh, God, do I kill it? Or am I, is this a nice thing? He'd be running his stupid mouth, and I'd be like, alright, call the cops. Like, he, I, if you didn't see him and you only heard him talking, I'd also call the cops, because he sounds like a creep. Like, the whole, yeah. you know, persona of Alf is that he's this belligerent old man. Like, old, like, alcoholic, really, kind of sounding, which is what this episode kind of posits, is that he's basically a, a, only, like, a, a breath away from being an alcoholic at any time. And all he needed was to It's even worse. And I don't understand, I guess it's maybe if you watch the show, that's part of the <laughs> mythology of Alf, <laughs> is that he gets high off of cotton or something, but you know, I don't also know, felt really I don't weird. know if they ever, did they, like, was that a thing before there must this episode? Have been, I don't even whoa, know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you telling me that we watched this and this is the first time they even mentioned the cotton? Because I'll lose my damn mind. Oh, yes! It's only in this episode. No! No, 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 no. Yeah. Surely yeah. they figured out that he could eat cotton and get high before. Like, just, no, I don't no. remember that at all. Are you no. out? Are, 
What? We're not out of our minds. The show is... Remember, what? TV back then, it didn't care about being serialized. What in the hell? What? What? Like, they... Yeah. That, what? They introduced this whole cotton thing as if he's been eating it, and they're just adding... He's been trying some recipes, and this time it's with cotton. What the hell? And they act like this is the thing they discovered a while back, is that, oh, Alf, you know who you get when you're eating cotton. Like, oh, wow. While your mind is being blown, I, I just uh, wrote it, but... Are you sure that the show that someone was pitching you wasn't Unhappily Ever After? Because no, that probably. actually fits that fits uh, the description much better than Alf did. What, Especially what if happen, it's like, where the children meets dinosaurs. That was on the WB before the WB was the WB. And uh, basically, oh, it had a character... I do. That yeah. was the one with the Jeff guy Pierce who was... Jeff the rabbit because he was yes. his friend. Which I that mean, it could... a lot more sense, <laughs> honestly. If that's... I think I watched this too, though. But this would make a lot more sense for that description that that person gave you. More sense than Alf would. Oh my god, I had Bob, Bobcat Goldwave? Oh, that's crazy. But I think what the issue is, is someone probably was just a, like an insane person who thought that I would like this show. <laughs> but if if they are meant if they are meant to, I completely yeah. forgot that Jeff Pearson's character on that show was schizophrenic. I just knew he was like wow, angry yeah. alcoholic. I remembered, I just remembered the rabbit. I didn't remember the... Yeah. I can't believe this show got made. Like, reading this, a slightly cleaner off, takeoff of Married with Children with an overstressed father, Jack, whose life consistently of a lo- lousy job, law-breaking, sex-starved wife, skimply dressed daughter... It's least favorite person, Kevin Connolly's in the show. Yeah, oh, I, I just I was about to mention that. Um, Idiot Son <laughs> Mr. and Mr. Floppy, the epitome of Jack's raging schizophrenia, physically embodied in the form of a boozing, chain-smoking, perverse, stuffed gray rabbit named Jack. I think I watched this once or twice, I feel like. Cause this I, I like sounds Cox like what that person believed they were describing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think it, I think it genuinely is just like a misunderstanding of what this show was in retrospect. Like, I don't, I don't think the person who t- described this to me was all there uh, but so, anyway, <laughs> so the credits roll and i honest to god it's it's this is a disturbing nightmare i'll try and link to just the credits they must be somewhere online yeah, they have to be it is dark and i i cannot stress to you enough it is a hundred percent a straightforward sitcom so even watching the credits would miss was uh, that's part of why i'm like maybe i'm misunderstanding this episode like it's meant to be this funny joke on sitcoms because it kind of has like a you know he's a saxophone <laughs> Right, but it, it it has that, um, what the heck is the name of it, uh, what's happening vibe, where it's like, don't do drugs, kids, like, that kind of, like, a, a after-school special vibe, almost, but it was almost like it was, like, how ridiculous that an alien's having this thing, so it's, like, almost like it's doing that, but, and then the thing is, the, the credits make it look like Too Many Cooks, where it's a goofy, like, and then there's an alien, but it's, again, I can't stress you enough, it is as straightforward sitcom as it gets besides that. Like, that's what's so crazy about this. It's, it's, it keeps staring into your face, like, daring you to actually think it's a joke, but it's never actually the joke. And then, what really blew my mind is when the credits wrap, yes. it says, written by, by Victor, Victor Fresco, Fresco which my, I screamed. My immediate note was, pay your fucking dues, bro. I <laughs> know, I was like, and I looked it up, it's his third writing credit. So I was like, oh, bless his oh, wow. This is his third writing credit. You, you do only... what you gotta do, homie. Yeah, I think it's only his second episode of ALF, and before that was literally just like a, a, a tiny little, like, like a, a short short film or short story like mm-hmm. thing that got made. But uh, this is... T- 
terrible. But then I went back and I looked and I'm like, okay, Victor Fresco has written some rough stuff. Well, no, he's yeah, produced so. some rough stuff. And, like, but the, Sean Save the World is, like, honestly the only anomaly in his career, which makes me right. think it was all NBC that was at fault. Because of the so, shows because... he's written, Andy Richter controls the universe, My Name is Earl, of course, yeah. better off Ted. Life on a Stick, supposedly, is actually a very underrated show. I, I will go back I never... and watch that. I he wrote from Mad About You, Dinosaurs. He also but produced Go On, Goon, our favorite Go show. Go On, of course. So if you don't know, if you don't know, Victor Fresco is probably most most well known, I would believe, and, and rightfully so, is the uh, EP on Better Off Ted. And Better Off Ted is to me a pinnacle. That's that's one of the best shows of the last ten years, in my opinion. Okay. Ten years. It's close to close to a little bit further than that, which is sad. But uh, so it is. It if is you guys a really have not seen Andy Richter controls the universe. You should also watch. Also that, excellent. It's, it's I remember that as well. The better off Ted. I remember. I wanted to hate that show so much because I think it's part of the reason why he eventually left Conan originally. And I was a huge Conan fan in the in the nineties, and I loved it. And I was like, damn it, this is a great show. I can't even hate it. Because then there was also Andy Richter PI. I think was the other one. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Andy Barker PI. That's what. Andy Barker. Except he wasn't himself. But he was yes. totally himself, obviously. <laughs> yes. So I think it's I think it's one of those things where it's like, oh, so this is just what they wanted in a script. Because if Victor Fresco wrote this as a script, they were asking for something this insane. Because it's it's bad. It's real bad. It's real bad. And it's so baffling that like some of my favorite episodes of TV were written by Victor Fresco. And this is one of them. It just, <laughs> like, the this whole is also thing, another TV episode written by him. The whole thing feels like some like hoary old like um borscht belt comic yes. sitting on stage with his puppet with all these incredibly unfunny jokes like that and no one's laughing but he thinks it's the most genius thing anybody's ever done and for some reason NBC gave it money and put it on the air like I just well Brandon America's darling as we know from the, the unofficial Saved by the Bell story he oh, had yes. some screws loose <laughs> yes, and what's so funny to me about this, too, is that, like, on the bigger, like, grander scheme of things, it is only well-known as a joke, and which sounds, again, like, that's the point, but I think that this show is mostly known as a, as a huge, a punchline. stupid, yeah. like, concept of a show instead of the show that it was. In fact, what's so funny to me is that it's not that show. The show that it is and the punchlines that people use it for describe it as as this far more goofy a show than it ever actually was. It's actually incredibly plain and boring at, at huge parts parts of it. Yeah. I I actually associate this so much with that kind of I mentioned before, like that alien I mean, it's not really more Mindy, even though that was a lot edgier than this was, which is crazy, <laughs> that <laughs> sentence. But like I went on to love love shows that had aliens in it that were so much better than this. Like I, and not even like the X Files style stuff. I'm talking about like Alan Strange was great. I'm talking about Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. I mean like there are tons. I'm 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 trying to think of other stuff that's like a little bit more modern that's that's got aliens in it. But it's just to me it's such a crutch that it's ironic they never actually leaned fully into the joke of it all, which is funny because. Well, I think That's in, in other episodes, sitcom. Fusco took this way too seriously. Very, very seriously. Yeah. Yes. I think in, in, other, fact, in, almost... in other episodes they did lean on the the alien thing. There, I mean, there's always and there's always a lot of jokes about like uh, growing up on Melmac and you know all this weird shit like 
um, the sports team he played on, they basically like threw seafood around on ice. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense. But like it felt like they, this episode was just like very special episode. But it was like supposed to be a parody of a very special episode because he's not addicted to like crack. He's addicted to cotton. But like, so like marijuana just, or cocaine or speed, depending on yeah, the or anything and or it cigarettes. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no emotional resonance to it because, like, Alf is such a dick, right? Like the whole time, and he never, mm. it never actually is played for comedy because he's genuinely addicted. Like yeah. they don't actually like the joke would then have been that he wasn't. They didn't. They didn't craft the comedy of it at all. It's basically either you make it so that it's hilarious that he's actually addicted, or you make it hilarious that he's not really addicted. Right. And they're all overreacting, right. but they didn't do either. They actually they, they played, played it, it totally too straight. real, yeah. And they never had a. And then if you play it totally straight, that's actually funny in its own way. But it's not the '80s style comedy. That's more. It's always sunny style comedy. And you wouldn't think even like, ahead of its they time. Are but it's not ahead of its time in any way. Exactly, and it, it it's funny because if you if you watch it now, maybe you can misconstrue it that way. I don't know how you could, but you'd be a crazy person. <laughs> but that's what like modern comedy does a lot of this, where it's played for laughs over the fact that like like Louis has some of the darkest shit mm-hmm. on TV at times, but it's played for laughs because what else are you gonna do? Cry? Maybe. That's well, part of what Louis is saying. Like, you can cry show, or laugh at this. Like, you decide. This show, it feels like they want you to cry. Like, you get that awe moment at yeah. the end, right? Where, so they go through this whole thing. Basically, the A-plot is, Alf is addicted to cotton. The family finds out. They stage an intervention where they have this support group come, and he's supposed Except to, like, not intervention by like, proxy. Just, yeah. He's supposed to sit in the kitchen and listen to the support group while Willie pretends to be addicted to something. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And then then we find out why what's really driving the addiction is that Alf can't ever go home because his planet's been destroyed. And it's like, what's funny? Like, where is the joke in that? Because that's the character that you've set up for four years. And that's it. Like, I don't, there's no, like, there's no twist. I would have appreciated this so much more. If they'd actually done the, the the serious turn on things where it's dark. Like, even, like, we mentioned dinosaurs before briefly. Yeah. Dinosaurs had moments where it was incredibly dark. Like, the series finale is the freaking world ends because yeah. they're dinosaurs and they all died. Like, that's dark. And I, I'm like, I, I know at the time it might have fallen on deaf ears or it may not look as great in retrospect because the jokes are a little thinner, but... I'd much prefer them, like, you know, swinging for the fences, because at least then that's going to hold up over time. This did not hold up for... No, it's no, It's probably no. barely held up over the end of the decade, let alone now. Like, it's ridiculous to me that this was even funny at the time, because I've watched shows from the 80s that were far funnier than this. Like, we've watched shows in the show that are funnier than this I was going to say, the last thing I was on here for was that Silver Spoons episode, the Christmas mm-hmm. episode. And I oh, felt you mean like when Mora was just shitting on Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> yeah, Mora's vengeance for uh, like I don't even know what that. I still don't understand that. But like I felt like fuck, uh, fuck Ricky Schroeder. That's what that's <laughs> so much more yeah. than this. Like I remember laughing a couple of times. Yeah, like, like it was cheesy, but it's well, like horrible, I get where the but, jokes were. Like I, I had like to Michael J. Fox this. was thriving right now. What is this show on at the same time for? Like it's ridiculous. I, Married with I, Children I, had started. Uh, the Simpsons had yeah, started. Yeah. Plenty of things were funny on TV at this point. Well, this what were they the trying to pretend? Season, right. This is they. they yeah, but after this, so it wasn't uh, I guess you could say that it went down in, in quality. According but. to Fusco, according oh, to Fusco, Brandon oh, Tartakov says he regretted canceling the show. They could have gone on like two more seasons. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. God, that's his. That one, sounds that's, like that's, me. Brand, that's 
That is Brandon Tartikoff's one heroic thing, is that he got Alf off the air quicker than it meant to have gone off. Oh my god. Let that be written no, on his there was something I was gonna... There is one thing I, like, that was kind of a surprise for me watching this. Because I, I put it on last night. I waited as long as possible to watch it. <laughs> and I put it on, and it's 19 and a half minutes long. I only got through, like, the first 10 minutes last night, and it was the longest 10 minutes of my entire life. Like, <laughs> it was physically painful. Like, I literally kept trying to get up away from it. Like, Yeah, this I is one of those shows where you check the amount of time that's passed, for sure. It was, I kept checking the time. Like, I'd pause it and be like, oh my god, are you kidding me? It's been, like, three minutes. I can't And nothing happens. Nothing yeah. happens. That's the thing. Nothing. Is, like, it's, like, two minutes of Alf eating cotton balls. That's it. Like that's the, there's sometimes there's like a, a quote unquote joke sprinkled in there, but that's it. There's nothing else that even happens. So after the credits roll, it it, beco- it becomes the rest of the episode, which again is really not much even happens. Alf's laughing in the other room, and they're like, "What's Alf laughing at so much? Like he's been losing his mind over something." And they go and look at him, and the TV is not on. So he's laughing in a room on his own. Now, like we mentioned before, that it's hard to say what the cotton's meant to be a stand-in for. It could be a stand-in for, obviously in the 80s, it's probably supposed to be marijuana. But it could also be drinking. It could also be... It's actually, in this episode, almost meant... I think they're meant to be as, as you know, uh, pious as possible. I think they were trying to equate it with cigarettes, which is insane. But he's laughing alone in a room with a, a, a turned-off TV set. There wasn't even that, a like, salad like, crack. in the room. Like, if you're yes. laughing alone with salad, that's one thing. If that makes sense. If you're laughing alone in a room, it's like, That's delusional. Yeah. Like, and also, that's part of the creepiness, is it's 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 parroting drug use, but yeah. it's parroting this type of, of, of addictive qualities of drugs that are far harder substance than whatever they're trying to pretend it is. Yeah, like they're trying to make it where he this... mentions Chinchong, right? So here, it's just supposed to be for marijuana, but... And I guess he's fucking strung out, laugh alone. like, the next it's... scene. That's like meth. Like, meth heads laugh alone in rooms. I, you might get the occasional stoner who laughs alone in a room, but I think I it's like a far a, more likely thing. I feel like thing. a meth person is less likely than a stoner to be laughing alone in a room. I don't know. I think it's a different type of laugh. That's part of it. It's, it's not. He's let's not laughing judge like the drug laughs, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's break. But them. he's not laughing like he's like. <laughs> that's that's the that's the that's the low key laugh. He's laughing like. <laughs> which is to me like a step away from like I've been on a three day bender on cocaine and speed. Like this is weird. Like the way he's laughing is maniacal and it's disturbing i think they were playing it up like he we mentioned sam kinnison i think it's meant to be someone who's on a bender is what they're trying to come across as and you don't really go on marijuana benders you just get oh my god but yeah so i mean i it's obviously not that hard because if, well, if it was heroin you'd also be sleeping marijuana but... is also a lot different than like actual marijuana right and it's hallucinations. Also marijuana. It's yeah, hallucination. Marijuana. That's the thing. Is it's this? It's this. Just the side. I'm, I'm glad you brought up the other, um, other show too. On happily ever after, Latoya. It is kind of like almost like punching at mental illness a little bit too. Like you're not really punching up. You're always just kind of like, isn't it so stupid that someone's an addict? Isn't it so stupid that they're talking to things? I'm like, that's sad. If anything, like I'm like, he seems deranged a little bit. Like I feel bad for him. I'm like Alf needs help, and I, I don't oh, even like Alf, but I'm like, people, this is terrible. People in the support group who are genuinely dealing with, you know, the one guy has got OCD, the others are quitting smoking, like. But they're but the butt of the joke. All of these people when they come in, like yeah, it, 
There's no. It's not played for I mean, any kind of humanity at all. Honestly, In fact, the, the, just the thinking about this stupid show it. even more, I just keep like reading the character descriptions for Unhappily Ever After, and I'm like, this show like was intense, and I remember just seeing it as a child, and now I'm like, what was, what I, was watching? I watching? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even more so but, than Alf, I'm just like, wait, what, what, what was I doing? So. And and to go off of that, like I, again, I don't think it's just a weed parody because he said he says to them, "Let's get naked and do some chanting." Yeah, which is so disturbing and not what you do when you're hot. Yeah, like it's it's just a weird. And then he and then ayahuasca they're like, Alf, yeah, <laughs> oh my god!" But no, ayahuasca, you're just staring into nothing. Like it, this that is could be weird. next. We, we didn't see all the drug phases. Oh, I'm sure doing yeah. it all. He basically does everything. Like he's doing a little bit of everything. But, um, they are like, Alf, don't you think this cotton's affecting your moves? And he's like, what do you mean? What do you have against cotton, y'all, Yankees? And I'm like... Yankees, which I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? What? And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? I was like, can we parse this joke? I, I think that's like a sub- down south oh, because, because he was talking about Alabama, and I was so, like, waiting for them to, like, do a slavery joke, and it never came, and I was so happy... But like, I think he kind of just did though. I think that what do you have against Cotton, y'all Yankees? I think that was the closest. Was his, that was the closest they it got. Was, it was teetering on the edge of like I don't think it's meant to be necessarily racist, but it's definitely like pro South. Yeah. Which when you're pro pro South in that way, it's a little bit like all right, I'm a little uncomfortable with <laughs> how South pro you are. Um, but he then he proceeds to. Uh, like stuff more stuff more cotton into his face because he's already out of control. And, the whole and this thing, is when Willie they're trying to do like maybe we should just like ration your like cotton intake. It's like well, it's like saying we should ration your meth intake. Apparently, and so this, they this go to take the cotton. Away mixed messages, pretty much. Yeah, and they go to take the cotton out of his hands, and it's it's like a it's weird. It's like a box of cotton for whatever reason. I thought it was a bag earlier, but this is a box. But he goes to take a box. And it's, like, full of cotton balls. Should we describe this better? It's literally just cotton balls. If you know what a cotton ball is, it's just... <laughs> if you know what a cotton ball is. Like, think of a cotton ball. You got take it. That's what it is. Like, it's so and weird. And you take the end of the Q-tip off, then you would have a cotton ball. But they're big. Ball. They're big, chunky little... Yeah. They're chunky little, like, it's what you take uh, nail polish off with. Yeah. So if you want to get a mental image, I just, I think we kind of glossed over it. It's so stupid that he's, like, stuffing those in his mouth. But, um, they go to take this box of cotton balls out of his, ma- out of his hands, and he, like, kind of, like, lurches a little bit, and, like, they wrestle over it. And it's a real disturbing scene, because obviously it's played for laughs, because he has a, a one-liner about, like, well, now Chi-Chin Chong is going to lose its poignancy. And then they're like, oh, it's so funny, like, Chi-Chin Chong, <laughs> we jokes. But, like, the weird part is, I'm like, we're also watching an addict, like, wrestle over the drug. I'm like, it's just, like, again, if you're picturing, like, a, a needle... Or a spoon, or a bag of weed, or something like it's a dark scene. It's like someone ripping the the, the box of cocaine out of someone's hands, and they're like, "No, no, I need it, I need it, and just one more." It's like really disturbing, and they're just playing it up like it's a joke. Which again, it would be funny if it was played for more laughs. But this is not like the the parents are not laughing. They're not making jokes, and even Alf's joke is. It, it's meant to be funny, but it's not funny. And I feel like if they had made those jokes a little bit more funny, maybe it would have landed better. But it just, it, they, they keep just, it's just disturbing, if anything else. And then they go to bed, like, thinking, okay, that solved it. We took the cotton away. Clearly things have been solved, because that's how you treat addiction, right, guys? Just cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Forced sobriety. And so he's in the middle of the night. They're, like, sleeping. And then you hear 
I don't even know how it starts. It's just the da 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 And they're like, oh. And then Willie wakes up. He's like, do you hear that? And then the wife wakes up and she's like, I was just thinking how Sinatra's voice was slipping over the years. Yes, like, what uh, a terrible Mora joke. was doing the music to New York, New York, but she did it off because she's Mora, so. <laughs> but he doesn't even do the full, like, New York, New York opening. He just does that, that... I can't even describe it. The way he does it is so bad. Like it's, it's not that it, bad. It's like dragging. It dry. It's like dragging nails on a chalkboard, though. Like he does it again and again and again. He does not do the full song. He just starts that opening bit of New York, New York, and he sings it. And then they they throw that joke about Sinatra in there for no reason at all. I was like, what? Way to take a swing at Sinatra? Terrible show about a puppet. Like it was. Like, I know the joke was that Alf is the person singing the Sinatra, and she was picturing his voice to be Sinatra's voice, but it certainly felt a little bit too like mean almost. And uh, Alf is singing Sinatra downstairs, and they they both hear it, and there's that da 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 da, da and they go running downstairs, and they're like, what the hell? Because it's not their mind. They're not. They're not just dreaming. And it's Alf. And Alf is at this point. I mean, no other way to describe it. High as fuck. Like, he is out of his mind. He's wearing... Well, he's, he's wearing nothing, because he's a puppet. He's naked. But he's got a, a trench coat over that's a, sized for him, I think. Of course. Or does he take someone else's trench coat? Because I have so many questions. But he's got it over his shoulder. He's got a little top hat or whatever. And he's just singing the opening to uh, New York, New York again and again and again. And never actually getting to the, the opening how much bit. They bored. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so he just starts singing it. And then he's, this is where you said, like, LaToya, where he brings up the Alabama part, which is just, like, again, just the side of, like, it's a little bit too much, but, and he says, he's like, I, there's this beautiful place called Alabama where cotton basically grows on trees, and it's just, ah, cotton. Like, the jokes are about the cotton, oh, yeah, not even about, like... the Yankee thing was, like, separate from the Alabama scene, so it made even less sense. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then, and then, like, a true, like addict, like, creepy addict, he swerves around, like, again, like, looks drunk and high, swerves around and, like, topples over this pillow he's holding that's been torn open and he's been eating the cotton inside the pillow. And it's, it's disturbing. How else to describe not marijuana, that's, that's for sure. Yeah, it's basically like, if someone walked in the room and you're, like, two, like, sippy cups full of wine in, like, you're gonna look like an alcoholic even if you aren't one. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no denying the fact that that looks like he's lost control, and uh, he, he I guess, stumbles up to bed at that point. They don't really show that part of it, but we do see the next morning at breakfast, he shows up hungover, because that was the craziest night, and he's got a headache, I guess? I, somehow this, this alien has hangover symptoms. I'm still confused about the, you know, physiology of it, but he's got a hangover, and somehow he's able to eat aspirin, even though, like, cotton gets him high. I'm like, how does that track? But, fine. And, uh, in the classic, I, I forgot, like, this makes me feel like a, a little kid, but I forgot that aspirin containers included a little cotton ball at the top. They don't always do that anymore, I guess, or maybe they do. I don't remember. But it's certainly, like, a throwback to the 80s, where they all did then. And, um, the mom, even though she knows he's an addict, he's like an established addict at this point who woke them up at, four, at two in the morning singing Frank Sinatra in their living room after eating one of their pillows. <laughs> She's like, hmm, I'm gonna give you a little piece, little uh, aspirin pill. Let me put down the aspirin um, canister, take out the cotton ball, and stick it right next to the, where you're gonna feed you the aspirin. I'm like, it was just like the most, it's like basically like here, 
have some cereal, use this spoon you shot up with last night. Like, it's crazy. And <laughs> Yeah, because and, he's so hungover over his drugs. Yeah. I don't know what's He actually going is on. kind of a little bit, he's actually kind of at that point, I think, a little bit remorseful. Like, he actually wants help, I think. He's like, I have a problem, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. But then she sticks That's a few always are. right under his nose. Like, who's, it's just not what you do. And he's like, here, <laughs> have, his, have his cotton ball. And then, like, again, it, it plays it again for too serious, where he, t- like, he, like, looks around and then eats the cotton ball like a goddamn addict. And the father, this is where the father, like, okay, up until this point he's been very, like, just awkward. This is where he becomes very menacing to me, because he says to him, I saw that. And then Alf's like, what? And he's like, I saw you take that cotton. And he literally says it like that, like, in the most disturbing, like, it's, it's, again, it feels like a Brechtian play at some point where they're gonna start yelling at each other, and they're like, you're not my father! <laughs> like, like, weird stuff's gonna happen. But, like, it's, it's, he's like, I saw you take that cotton. He's like, what are you talking about? Like, I saw you eat that cotton, you addict. And then it's just so, so dear, so, so serious. And it, Alf takes the cotton, well, he takes the Advil, or aspirin, he pretends like nothing happened. And he's like, I'm gonna go dancing in the room. You guys wanna dance? Let's just all dance. And I'm like, this is so weird. I'm watching a puppet, like, trip on a cotton. And he goes in the other room, and he starts dancing alone. And then, like, on a dime, just turns, left turn. Suddenly, he's like, I have a problem. Walks right back in the room, and he's like, guys, I have a problem. I need help. Like, it's so... It's so arbitrary, the way that he goes up and down. Like, I guess you could say that's addiction, which is true, but... I don't need the realism that this show is giving me. A, a show with a, a <laughs> puppet puppet. eating cotton yeah. with like, like I don't want to. I don't want to feel the ups and downs of addiction when it's got like a puppet eating cotton as the main <laughs> plot. And then the next morning, after all that, um, he starts to get desperate again, even though he was you know feeling remorseful earlier, even though he was high still. So I'm like, that doesn't even really track. But he he comes in and he's like, "Come on, uh, Willie, they're all eating dinner," and it's like the grimmest looking dinner. Oh my god, that dinner is like. I can't, I'll maybe just, I can't really clip it out. It's all on Hulu, but I'll try and just do, like, a snapshot of it, because they're all just staring, like, just silently at dinner, and Alf is clearly, like, again, he's not high, but he's, like, belligerent, like, he's, like, kind of, like, you know, itching for a fix, and so he's just like, let's all get fibered, which I think is the joke is, like, you know, cotton is fiber, and then he wants to, like, run out of the room and then get some more cotton, but we find out soon after the <laughs> fact so that they're in- to you say, let's get more Cotton? Cotton. Cotton. <sighs> and so, this is where they introduce the idea that maybe they should have a support group come and help them out. And now, Donna this brings is where up her friend's mom quitting smoking. Rita. Yes, her friend's mom, Rita, quits smoking. And then decides to throw her under the bus in the same breath. Yes! She goes, she, she's like, I don't know, it worked for her. I mean... She did gain a lot of weight, and her fingers are basically stubs, but... And I was like, what the hell? I'm like, like, just say it worked for her. We don't need that kind of weird, like... Like, it was just a real cruel joke to be like, yeah, this addict. And don't but, worry, yeah, her the cruel joke continues. Yeah. Oh, that, believe me, that's the one of the more upsetting parts of the episode. And, um... This is where I had a question, too. I, I should have probably done a little more research, but... Is this one of the first times that, like, AA was shown on TV, maybe? Is this the way they're, they're treating it? Because no, they're acting like it's... there's this... no way. I, I that's mean, what I thought, too, I, but... This episode, it... like, the interventions not exist yet? That's how I felt watching this. I, no, no, no. I don't there's remember. Because I can 
remember an episode of Soap that did sort of like an intervention. I don't think they called it that. But I don't want to be watching I think, Soap. I'd rather watch any episode of Soap. I think <sighs> that this show just thinks that its audience is so stupid. Yeah. Like, I think because I think that's the underlying problem with everything. Like, it just it has so much contempt for its own audience. And they, they talk about this, this, um, they talk about the support group like it's this big deal. And it is. I mean, it's good. Support groups are always good to promote on TV. I think there's nothing wrong with, with AA being a prime, like, plotline. I love that about Elementary, where that's so much part of the plot, it's basically like a third main character. That's great. But, like, they're talking about it like there's this new thing my friend's mom tried where she goes to a group of people and they all talk about I'm like, is this real? I was genuinely thrown because either they, like, you're right, and they think we're literally brain dead, um, which is certainly possible because anyone that would enjoy this week to week might be brain dead. <laughs> no offense, Lisa and nope, family. I was a very deeply <laughs> you <were young>. stupid <laughs> child, obviously. <laughs> she realized <laughs> my love after the fact. this television show, yeah. But yeah. so maybe they did know their demo and they had to describe it in that you know, in in such uncertain terms as this is what a support group is, this is what AA is, but otherwise it was like they were talking about like this has never been on TV before, and how weird that Alf would be one of the first shows to actually do that. But I'm I'm hoping it wasn't. I'll try and include in the in the in the uh, show notes maybe like a list of other shows that have t- done like special episodes like well, this. And I'm sure say, some of them predate Alf. By this point, Alf. there would have been like the t- the the My Name Is Bill TV uh, TV movie would have already been out. So, like, it was a thing that people would have known about, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason I say that is because I know that, you know, specifically the program and Alcoholics Anonymous, like, that specific program is, I think, a little bit later than... I mean, support groups have existed a lot longer than that, but I think specifically that style of support group became very, very popular at a very specific point in time. I just don't know when exactly it was. So, I don't know if it happened to coincide with the 70s. Maybe. Uh, well, um, so my name is Bill W. Came out in the late '80s, sometime I think, like '88, '89. I want to say because it was dev- it was something that we watched like in school. Like we knew about like AA, we knew about NA, uh, we knew about if you're if you if someone in your family had a problem, if there were resources that you should be going and trying to talk to. Like it was definitely a thing that existed. Yes, and I just looked it up. I, I you're not wrong in the sense that. It's been popular before that. It it was founded in 1935, so that has to mean that it's been on TV at least one point during the last 30 or 40 years yeah. before this episode aired. But um, I'll try and find one of the first times it's been it's been actually like you know shown in a sitcom sense. That's what I'm not sure as much about. I mean, there's been t- movies about that, I'm sure, but sitcom wise, maybe it's one of the first times. Oh, no, I don't think Elf was groundbreaking in any way. Like, I just, I, <laughs> in my heart... What a bold, strange choice to take. Yeah. Stands to take, Lisa. I know that's a really unpopular opinion, but yeah. I just don't think... Hmm. But whatever the case may be, they act like it's the first time anyone's ever discussed this on TV. They genuinely treat it like, isn't this shocking we're showing this on TV, folks? And what's weird is that even when they do show up, it just, it's so... It's not even really, like, a proper Alcoholics Anonymous thing. And, again, they, they don't even really tip their, their... I thought that's what they were going to do. They are going to do the alcohol side of it. But then the people that show up have all different types of all different types of addictions. And the the strangest part is that they don't really even really do any of the, the work that you're supposed to do in those types of meetings. Like, it's very bizarre the way they show it. So, anyway, so they... He, I guess Alf agrees to do this meeting. And 
the, the, the premise is that Alf is going to stand in the breezeway, as they describe it, the, the kitchen, where the kitchen has, like, a little... I don't know how to even describe the situation. Pa- it's a pass-through like di- to the, pass the living room, dining room area, yeah. So there's a living room, dining room part, and then there's there's the kitchen. And then in between those, there's have those, like, little, like, blinds, set of blinds in the, in the wall, so he can hear from the kitchen what they're talking about in the living room. And Willie is going to act as a surrogate for Alf and describe the type of addiction habits Alf has been, you know, portraying so that they can tell him how to act and Alf can use that for himself. Immediately this premise seems wrought with problems because how is Alf going to talk about things beyond the basic, like, I'm addicted to stuff? Because Willie's not going to be able... It's like it's basically the premise where they wanted to have... In, in in today's world, they would have him put, like, an earpiece in or something. Like, they couldn't really have Alf react in real time the way that he's supposed to, because the only benefit of these types of programs, usually, is talking through Although your problems. apparently, and like, everyone can hear through the door, like, everything anyone's saying. Until he goes back in the other room, and they have this long conversation, and no one yeah. interrupts until they, they necessarily interrupts. they that conversation. Yeah, it's so arbitrary when they can hear. It's so stupid. But regardless of that, though, like, the whole helpful part of this would have been Alf responding to their suggestions and then getting more information. It's basically having a conversation. I'm describing what that's like. So if you know what having a conversation is like, where someone gives you input and then you give them input and then it just goes from there, you can't have that when it's one-sided, when Willie only is given the information as, I'm an addict and I'm acting like an addict, and then when they give you suggestions, you can't you know, course correct appropriately based on how Alf would mm-hmm. respond. Because he doesn't know how Alf would respond. He's not the addict. Willie is this, like, prim proper dude who's never even smoked Basically a cigarette. Basically decides he, he knows what himself. the problem is. Yeah, exactly. So what's the... It's, it's barely useless. Like, he might as well have just... In, like, uh, to... He'd be better off just eavesdropping on on a regular conversation than trying to have Willie sit in. Like, why Willie is even involved is there was no, because his There's, like, no reason for the meeting at all, because Willie, like, nails what the problem is, like, during this. Like, the whole thing, I can't leave. So like, stupid. Everything oh, about it sucks. That was it. The whole I can't leave Ugh. was the answer. There was no reason for the meeting and to apparently have this woman smoke like a chimney in someone's house also, since the 80s. Also, that does not solve anything, him knowing that that's the reason. Like, that just helps you know what your problem might be that you need to address. It doesn't really solve the You can't really fix problem. that, now can you? Exactly! So I'm like, well, this is a dark way, because this really is no solution, except spoiler alert, they just force-feed you one anyway. But anyway, so <laughs> so they, they show up, everyone shows up, and then Willie is like, everyone's so shitty to these poor people with addictions, because Willie's like, yeah. I don't want to make myself look like a fool in front of strangers No, everyone's again. shitty to the one who quit smoking, really. Yeah, well, they're because all kind fat. of... It's all... Well, he, the whole, they're all kind of laughing off the premise, even though it's their idea in the first place, kind of. They want Alf to do this. Um, but he, he says, I don't want to make myself a fool in front of a bunch of strangers again. And to make things worse, like, to, to let you know exactly how serious things have gotten... Alf is high again, which I thought the whole point is, uh, I'm so exhausted, because he keeps, like, wanting help, and then it's just, I guess, real addictive behaviors, where he, where'd Alf go again? And he's off eating lint from the dryer, which I have questions, like, that's not fully cotton, though, is it? Like, I never was under the impression that lint was cotton. Some of it's cotton. But all of it, the rest of it's just dirt, right? Well, no, because presumably it's already been through a washing machine that washed the dirt off. I guess. 
I don't know. I thought it was like skin cells and stuff. I, whatever it was, it does not look appetizing. I, but I guess that's the point. I hope it's not coming through the washing machine with all that still in it. Oh. Um, most what I pull out is mostly like cotton from jeans. Yeah, I guess you're right. So I mean, whatever the case is, he's got that lens screen open like it's a buffet table. And he's, like, going to town on it. It's gross. And when they try and take... And it's, like... It's not even like they tried to, like, pretty up the lint screen, which is a crazy sentence for me to say. It's, like, a lint screen that looks like it's got, like, like green and, like, blue. And, like, some of it's, like, messy. And they're, like... It's just... It's not appetizing looking at all. Not that cotton is appetizing, but it's weird the way they decided to play that. Like, let's make this look as disgusting as possible. And he's stuffing this gross lint in his mouth because clearly he's, like, reached rock bottom at this point. And when they try and take it away from him, he, like, hisses at them. Like, genuinely, like, and it's so creepy. And they're all, like, at the end of the day, that's the thing. And someone's, like, uh, gets it away from him, blah, blah, They eventually take it, and then he's, like, and also get me a stun gun. And everyone laughs, but I'm, like, no, get him a, get him a stun gun. <laughs> like, this is a creepy alien who's got an addiction to cotton, and they can't control him anymore. I mean, I'm not that familiar with Alf. I would not trust myself in a fight with Alf. He might be the kind of person that could murder you. He seems creepy enough. Like, get a stun gun. If I lived with an alien in my house, I'd have a stun gun already. That's crazy that they don't already own one. But, um, regardless of that, that's just, in my notes, too, is the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely afraid of Alf. <laughs> if this, if that scene didn't give you enough to go on, I'm creeped out by him. And then, again, this is where I'm like, what show am I watching? Because, again, it's been... Up until this point, we mentioned it has very... I mentioned it's, like, a lot of all-in-the-family-style stuff. But, like, it also really does genuinely play, like, almost like it could be, like, Leave it to Beaver, where it's just a family happens to have an alien, and he's dealing with a tough time. But the jokes aren't even that, like, you know, gross in the beginning. They're just stupid. This is where he starts to make this joke that almost, like, drops, like, out of nowhere, where he says... Who's that fat broad? Sorry. And then she, and then the mom's like, ugh, nice, Alf. He's like, sorry, yeah. the woman with the, yeah, sure, gland problem. I was just like, I know it's the 80s, so obviously that's just definitely more the style of comedy that could get by. But I just, it, compared to the rest of the show, it felt incredibly, like, whiplashy. Like, I just could not believe yeah. it. I guess that's supposed to be more of what the show's normally like on a less special episode. But... It felt, like, completely out of nowhere. I, when he said that, I literally had to rewind it and listen to it again, because I could not believe that he just said that, like, sight unseen. And, um, so, and then we find out that's the woman who tried to quit smoking, and that's the aunt of the of the friend of whoever, one of the daughters, and they're all there, I guess, eating hors d'oeuvres and just preparing for this little meeting they're gonna have, and she's just taking, like, hors d'oeuvres off this tray, and one of the other people at the, at the, the meeting like another fellow addict is like is there anything on that tray that you don't want and it's just mm. so like and they never like get those but people back fat, from get being... it haha <laughs> fat lady <laughs> yeah and they never get her them now back that you get the joke assholes. it's funny yeah <laughs> we described yeah, it guys I, I didn't realize before it was a fat joke oh <laughs> I still knew what he was doing. Alf was on the cutting edge. What a genius. And the what thing is, thing. like, that kind of a joke nowadays would be immediately, like, turned... Like, that's almost like a joke now. If someone made that joke, that's how you know who the villain is. And so what's so weird is that that's meant to be funny at this point. So it's like, oh, he's, like, 
a cool dude and happens to be a complete piece of shit. But, like, nowadays, if someone's making that joke, you're like, oh, that's the guy who's a real piece of crap. He's going to get his in the end. And he, none of like, them ever Zach get called out for being terrible. by the bell, yes. basically. Yes. And so he um, he says that. They're like, whatever. And, and she she's just getting thrown around. But everybody in this meeting is terrible to her. And then um, the meeting starts with one of the guys running the meeting. He says... We have a new member with us. I'm like, they're at his house. I'm like, clearly they know who this new member is, but okay. <laughs> but um, uh, he says, yes, I'm trying to quit smoking. And they're all like, but I thought you were afraid to leave your house. Your wife told us you are afraid to leave your house. And most of the other people, I think like three of the other people in the meeting have tried to quit smoking. So again, it's really weird. Like that's a, I mean, maybe that's a sign of the times is that nowadays there's not really that many meetings about people trying to quit smoking. I guess there probably are maybe, but... It seems to me like that's more of a solo journey in, in more modern addiction times. And based on the chain smoker, not everyone was trying to quit smoking. Yeah, she was sitting like, there just smoking, straight up smoking right in the middle of the living room with addicts there who can't smoke. I was like, this is crazy that he's even allowed yeah. to just let them do that. But she's sitting there, like, doesn't care. I think her addiction was, like, shopping or something else, or I don't remember. I think she mentioned something else besides smoking, or maybe she was an addict and she just doesn't care. But, um... Anyone who goes to these meetings, they're clearly, they're just too PC for the people on this <laughs> yes, show. Yes. And so, Alf is over, um, trying to eat the dish towel in the kitchen, and Willie goes back in to check on him, because he doesn't really know what the proper answer to what I'm addicted to is, even though that's, like, the whole point of them all coming here, so that should be the one thing you have under control. And, uh, Alf's trying to eat, pretending to eat this dish towel, and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just about to fall off the wagon, but that's okay, I, I caught myself, it's okay, it's okay. And this is where I'm just like, where's the mother? I'm like, why is no one supervising Alf? He, at this point, is clearly an addict to the point where you have all these people in your house and the mother just, like, walks out and just disappears. Yeah. It's so weird. And it's clearly just for dramatic tension, but I just, I did not buy that for a minute. Because, also, how big is their house? Like, where else could she be? Is she in a bedroom or something? Like, like let's, uh, let's Alf alone and she just goes into her bedroom and, like, paints her toenails or something? Like... It's just so bizarre to me that she's just hanging around the house and just not in the kitchen or not in the living room. Okay. But, uh, she's not there, and Willie's asking him all these questions, like, like, well, really, what's the reason why you eat cotton? And then I'll have the right answer to give to the group when they ask me this question again. Which, again, why didn't they work on this before they showed up? They knew why they were all coming. <laughs> like, they didn't stumble upon a meeting. It's being held in their own home. And, uh, Alf describes some stuff, like, Blah blah blah. I, is this a, I think he he waits a little until later when he starts talking about the Melmac stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is just kind of like I don't know. I just like it. What do you want me to tell you? And then it, and he says like, "Is my mascara running?" And I was just like, "Oh, yeah. this is a chick joke. I get it. Like like a chick." <laughs> <laughs> Women are stupid, <laughs> guys. Humor. Right? I'm glad you guys are telling me because I'm too dumb to have gotten any of these jokes. <laughs> You're welcome. These You're really welcome. That's what we're here jokes. for. And, then service, he, really. and he says, he says the sentence, hey, reformed smokers are the worst. I'm like, whoa, I know this is 1989, so I guess smoking is a little bit more PC or, or, or popular, but it's just, like, don't it's be not an asshole mad to people. Men. Yeah, like, don't be a jerk to people that <laughs> don't want to smoke. Like, they, they, they know at this point it's causing cancer, so it's not like it's Mad Men style where it's just not for me, and then they're just going to judge him on that alone. It's a weird turn for them to take, because Alf just needs to be that kind of on PC, calls it as he sees it, numbskull. But, uh, so he, he describes this as just, like, torture for him, which, it was kind of your idea to go through with it in the beginning, Alf, because it was only a suggestion. You decided you needed help. 
And for him to be, like, so uninterested in joining in is pointless. Like, why are they even here? Just tell them all to get out of your house, then. This is a waste of time. And um, one of the guys that's there, he says he's he's addicted to... Well, no, when Willie goes back in, he says, I'm addicted to smoking because I like it. I can't help it. It feels fun when I smoke. Which is weird. But <laughs> not really how most people would describe smoking, but okay. <laughs> and then he's like, it's the same with me when I was hand washing my hands. At first it just felt fun, and then it just felt like I had to keep doing it. I'm like... I don't know that I'd ever describe washing my hands as fun, like, ever in my <laughs> life, and I do it all the time. It's weird. And, um, then he couldn't stop. And then when they, when Willie describes that he's from Ohio, they think he must know one of his doctors that lived there, which was stupid. But then he's just like, whatever. And, again, these scenes are so pointless. It sounds like I'm just rambling, because the scenes never reach any kind of narrative. Like, there's no real, like... Here's my here's my pro like the scenes have no coher coherent like reason for them happening like he doesn't go back inside and then get to the point where he describes to them why he's addicted he still doesn't really know so that means that he went to the kitchen to find out why didn't get a good enough answer went back into the living room to tell them why still had a bad answer so he went back into the kitchen again to talk to Alf about it one more last time like that is unnecessary that should not have it should have happened one like you only need the one time in the kitchen. Or you do it three times. Like, it's rule three or it's once. You don't need to do this random, like, oh, we forgot to write a clear enough answer to that. So go back in the kitchen again. <laughs> like, it just feels so yeah. sloppy. All of it. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. So, so he's, uh, in conclusion, I hated it. I'm just, it. It's so exhausting going over what's literally just, like, poor writing. And um, so he, he is like, oh, I, uh, I, I'm going to go in the kitchen one last time. Hold on real quick. So he goes in and he says, Alf, seriously, I look like an idiot. You have to tell me why you're addicted to cotton. And Alf is like, I just, just this is a stupid thing that I'm at this point where I'm describing it, that, that sentence happening. Like, it's no big deal. And uh, he, he says, I just want to go outside. I want to see someone who looks like me. Blah, 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 blah. I'm alone on this earth. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I feel like we've got this whole build up to just that moment. And the moment is not even that interesting. It's very, very pointless. It's, it's just you should have been able to understand like four years into a fucking show. Yeah, it's kind of an innate status. That should have been like second episode or like last first season episode kind of thing. Like it does not seem like the kind of thing that only happens like halfway through the final season. Like it's bizarre. And so, uh, well, not halfway, almost halfway. But so he he's like, okay, well, thanks for sharing that with me, but <laughs> I don't know what this really like, solves because I can't okay, like bye. make you have an, a friend here because you're definitely alone and you were 100 percent right on that. And you should have died on this damn planet. Yeah, and then the, there's a there's a point later on where he's just like, it's okay, you can be with us. Like you'll you'll be. It'll be one of, Again, one of four our seasons. Family. Why has this not been addressed before now? And so, <laughs> um, and and also like he, I, on a superficial note, no offense to the dude who plays Willie, this is the point where I realized that the child from earlier, that's like a ten year old or or younger, is his child, I think. Yes. And he looks like he's like eighty years old. So I was like, well, That's... everyone looked like they were eighty years old in the eighties. It was really That's weird. True. It was That's way true. too old to be a father. But anyway, so so he just says that. Yeah, he was then... like twenty five years old in the eighties. Looks like they were like forty. I know. Basically. So he he's like, oh yeah, um, my my son loves you. We love you. Um, you can be goofy and ridiculous with us, like you would have been back home at Melmac. It's cool. And Alpha's like, good enough, because <laughs> like, we need to solve this episode, and we've got a minute and a half left. So, 
the, the, the guy running the meeting hears them yelling about, I want to go home. And he's like, isn't this your home? And then Willie's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> and right. nothing is solved. Like, that's the joke, I guess? Is that, like, isn't it funny he thought he heard him say, I want to go home, when he actually lives here? Like, guys, that's the joke. Like, just the fact that he misheard him was supposed to be a punchline. I was like, that's bonkers. And so he's like, yeah, this this is my home. He's right. And he, like, talks to himself for a minute. Like, Alf's under the table. It's yeah. so weird. Oh. And then the guy's like, oh. And then Willie describes to him, like, basically, I, I want to go home. I want to be home. I- I'm a addicted to something I, I honestly i this is sad because it's like the penultimate scene of the episode and i just <laughs> checked out completely because my notes are just like what am i what i don't honestly don't know that i could parse a full answer of what hap- actually happens in that interaction because basically he just says we can't help you even though you're an addiction support group which is you're supposed to help everybody like you can't you apparently can't have the pe- they can't help the people that are in the group that's like, true, but also, like, you should never say that. Just recommend him someone who can help him. Don't just say, we can't help you, and then just leave, because that's okay, even bye. worse. <laughs> like, what a horrible message! If this was a legitimate addiction, and they didn't know about Alf at all, they would have failed Willie intensely. Like, it would have <laughs> been a total failure. And he's, I don't know that he's actually, like, a medical practitioner, but he's a real failure as a sponsor, for sure. Whether they meant that to be, you know, a true AA program or not. It was just, everything about it sucked. And so, my notes here are just more just like, that is creepy as fuck. <laughs> like, this is the scene, like, <laughs> he's talking to himself, and, like, he's, like, real stressed looking alone in the kitchen after the dude leaves him. He's so menacing. And I know it's not really meant to be taken that way, but I can't help but take it that way. Like, he just seems so, like, it seems like the final scenes of any production of Death of a Salesman. <laughs> like, it's very <laughs> disturbing. And problem solved for no reason. I mean, I just described to you that scene. That's the solution. So... If you didn't hear any actual solution going on, it's because there really wasn't one. And there's no wrap-up scene. There's no, like, Alpha's no longer addicted to cotton. It's just basically fade to black. Episode's over. But for... (laughs) Now, this is what... In the form of a dream. Now, this is what I wish. I hope I can find a clip of this. If I can't find a clip of it, I'll try and, like, just gif it and use your imagination. But it's really part of it is the music. You gotta hear the music. It's so 80s. It's so disturbing. The uh, the waistlines on the on the women's outfits are particularly disturbing. But um, it is all the family lined up in a row, can can style, dancing with top hats in spandex. What do you how do you describe that? Like spandex. What are they? Oh, they're they're like in dance costumes with the really high yeah, cut. What are they called though? They're like um. Uh, unitard unitards unitards that's it so they're in like these black unitards with little black top hats and like suit like um little bow ties and everything and they're all dancing down the row singing that that opening just the opening sequence to um again they only paid for the opening (laughs) sequence to frank sinatra's new york new york and they're like tipping their little top hats and the, it is straight up, like, nightmare fuel. Like, if I went to bed tonight and that was in my dreams, I'd wake up like <laughs> Alf did and I'd scream. I'd only be further disturbed if Alf was involved in the dream at all. But regardless of that, like, it's scary enough on its own, even though it's just, like, a random family. It's still super creepy. Like, the way that they all are just staring at camera, it's so creepy. And if that's what Alf dreams, imagine, like, what else goes on in his head at night. Like, it's just so creepy. 
And he wakes up terrified, and they're like, Alf, you're just dreaming. And he's like, oh, and then fade to black. Like, there's no solution. Like, I feel even worse off that they included that as the wrap-up moment. And that's the end of the episode. Like, it just, like, cuts to black after that. Like, yeah, okay, guys, you just survived this next episode? Like, would you like to keep watching? It's just like, no. And I can't imagine watching this week to week. Like, that is something that truly baffles me that... Lisa, that you were able to do, Toy, you were able to do as a child, or anyone was able to do in the 80s. <laughs> I can't imagine thinking, what a great episode, I can't wait to tune in again next week. Like, that is straight up crazy to me, that that would be something that went on. But it was, and it, it, it flourished for several um, episodes after this, at least. And several yeah. TV specials and, you know, cameos throughout the years. And I didn't mention before, the, uh, the lady who was the smoker was played by Maxine Fortenberry. Um, you might know her as, as that by, um, I can't think of her actual name. I, she's also a mom from Blast from the Past, but she was the, uh, mom of, uh, uh Oh, Hoyt? Hoyt, yes, Hoyt, Fortenberry's mom. Ugh, she was creepy on that as, as well. So, it, I feel bad because I actually kind of liked her the most because she seemed to actually care about him getting sober or, or, you know, stopped smoking, but they all just treated her like shit. And she's, I think, the only person that went on to do any work after this show. Most people, besides Victor Fresco and her, pretty much just stopped working, like, as soon as this closed doors. this demonic show. Yeah, that's what's so creepy. Like, I went and I walked, I looked through every single person's episode. Like, even the baby, only credits were this show. Which is, like, what a weird life is it? Like, I was the baby on ALF, and then now I'm, like, a tax accountant. Can you imagine? Like, what would your life be like? You wake up in the morning, you're like, I was a baby, went out. Like, what kind of trauma do you have? Like, we were on (laughs) stage with this puppet. 20-hour days. 20-hour days with this puppet who's, by all accounts, like, a a loud, demanding, crazy person, too. (laughs) So it's like, I just, even when the puppet suit was off, like, I just... I, I can't imagine, like, what, like, I imagine they all were just like, I'm done. Like, after that, I will cash whatever royalty checks come in the mail, and I will well, never touch another stage again. I don't know if you guys have ever heard the story about, um, Max Wright, who played the dad, Willie, um, mm-hmm. who miraculously yeah, did not I murder everyone. <laughs> yeah, um, where on the last day of filming, like, they, they cut, they wrap, they're done. He goes to his dressing room, he gets his crap, he throws it in his car, he drives off the set. He never speaks a word to anyone. <laughs> he was just so completely done that he was just like, I have to blank everyone. Goodbye. I have to get out. <laughs> like, I that can't even so... imagine what kind of, like, just awful, like, I mean, the fact that no one in this cast acted again except for the dad, like, the main cast, they they all left show business, and he only had, like, a very minor career. Like, like, for this to be your experience, and you were on TV for four years, like, and then nothing, because this was so awful. I can't even imagine it. Yeah, it just seems like, um, thank God Victor Fresco made it out of here alive. That's all that really mattered. <laughs> but uh, of the rest of them, it just seems like, it, it just, it, this feels like where television really went to die for a while. Like, this is, this is the epitome. There are a lot of shows like this. We happen to pick this one because it's a lot more mainstream than them. But there were a lot of shows that were going on like the 70s and the 80s that genuinely felt like fever dreams. Like, I can't believe this. First of all, it got made. 
Second yeah. of all, has like somehow made it streaming nowadays. It's like it's watchable. I, it's on Hulu. I watched this on Hulu. Yeah, same. Last night, like it, it cocaine. There was just yeah. massive amounts of cocaine. That's the only thing that explains. And you know any what? At the end of the day, good for them. Because honestly, <laughs> first of all, you're able to get this done while dealing with a very serious addiction. So congrats. But second of all, if you weren't on cocaine when you wrote this episode, I'm worried for you because otherwise, like. That's even more disturbing. I hope to God they're all just out of their minds because I can't imagine. I feel like you need to be to deal with Fusco, honestly. Yeah, th- this feels like influence. this feels like like a Dark Crystal style like craziness. Like if you don't know what Dark Crystal is, it's like the adult version of the Muppets kind of. But like it is, it's got that kind of like like am I like am I high watching this? Like it's almost what's so ironic about him being high in this episode. It's like I feel like I'm crazy watching this right now. Like I feel crazed and. It's like um, the Phil Collins puppets. I know they brought this up on that that head of the oh, so yes. Why are you it's... freaking me out with that shit? That shit like scared me as a child. Yeah, I it's loved just... that video. I hated that so much. I mean, I, I don't hated like that, that too. Anyway, anyway, and I hate that, that video so much. That Reagan, the Reagan puppet was no! probably like. Stop. I'm sorry. It, that was. I love the video. I love the song. But that I'll link to those, that in the that description. So, but it it oh. that to me feels like what I imagine ayahuasca is like or something like where it's literally like you're watching a puppet melt and that's kind of what alf was is like a melting puppet like it's something creepy about it in a way that it almost feels like this is so surreal that if it's not actually a dream i'm somehow more disturbed and that's kind of what this episode was is like the fact that this wasn't actually a dream is all the more traumatizing <laughs> so thank you for joining us on at least <laughs> do we have any other wrap-up thoughts i did want to go over so you mentioned too that the guest list this was a very very popular show at the time so let me yeah. pull up we have a list of special guest stars i'm just gonna run down the list i'll jump out with people that might be familiar some of them were already famous at this time some people went on to become a lot more famous you'll notice some of them are, are just little minor character actors um that have gone on to do a lot more famous stuff so joyce brothers was on here at one point dan castellaneta Bob Denver, who was Gilligan from Gilligan's Island, Fran Drescher, David Allen Greer, Carly Godino, Alan Hale, David Horowitz, Casey Kasem as himself, like, it goes up, Rich Little, uh, Ed McMahon, Joe Namath as himself, uh, Ted Raimi, Harry Shearer as Ronald Reagan, which is crazy, (laughs) David Spade, uh, David Ogden Steers, Brandon Tartikoff as himself, of course, like, getting that money and thanking himself for, for being on the show. That's probably the real reason why Brandon Tartikoff wanted to keep going, is he could cameo again and then cash those royalty checks. <laughs> uh, Marsha Wallace, Don Wells, and uh, several, several more. They're probably just not as, as noted as the people that were on that list. I mean, to say that this show did not have a, an impact is crazy, because it still gets references today straight up just for, people know what you're talking about which is really rare for a show to last more than you know like maybe three or four years in the zeitgeist and, and manage to keep like a punchline you know that firm but this is like crazy crazy like 80s nonsense that i think people actually do look back on it lovingly for whatever they crazy remember reason. it wrong yeah and so we should also mention that we didn't even get into the fact that alf's real name is gordon shumway Oh, <sighs> and he's from Melmac, and ALF stands for Alien Life Form. I'm only saying that because I feel like if I don't say that, I'm sure people will be like, you didn't talk about any of the mythology of ALF. <laughs> it's like, look. The mythology of... Just because I sound like ALF does not mean I want to talk about his entire life story. 
<laughs> That's for another podcast. I'll, I'll do that another time. Oh my time. god. Uh, yeah, tune in for Morris' new television show, Daughter of Alf. Yes, where I just, I'll, I'll just read, I'll just read, like, Babysitter's Club books as Alf. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I mean, that makes zero thing. sense, but neither did Alf, so I think I'm just going along with the brand. I, uh, you know, I think it, I think it works. I'm, all right. I'm going to subscribe right now. Let me set that up. All right, yeah. that sounds good. All right, so let's get on the plug. So what's up with you, Latoya? I would like to plug Too Many Cooks. I would like to plug the greatest event in television history. I would yes. not like to plug Alf at all. Uh, I would like to Alf from Life Support. If you want to watch a show that can glorify drug use and also just be really <laughs> funny, it's not Alf. You should watch uh, The Detour on TBS. It's actually a very good show, so I'm gonna plug it anyway. Plus, I'm reviewing it for the AV Club. I would also like to plug Limitless on CBS. Also glorifies uh, drug use. <laughs> uh, yep. So my AV Club uh, one season piece about Fox's John Doe, as you know, we talked about it on this podcast. Uh, that will be up by then. So you guys can enjoy that and just don't enjoy Alf ever. And you can Emily. find it on Twitter. Nope. Please go listen to that episode. I know at least 30 of you have gone back and watched it since we first started plugging it again. It is so good. I cannot stress you enough. It's the exact opposite of this episode because all of the craziness is what makes that show great. Like the craziness is what made this show bad. So if you want like a fever dream episode of a show that's actually rewarding and funny, that's the show you're looking for. This show yes. is more like nauseating and upsetting. And that show's absolute <laughs> nonsense, as you will read in my piece, because yeah. that show did not know what it wanted to be. It's beautiful. This show knew what it wanted to be, and it was not good. It's that was yeah. like Lost meets Jason Bourne or something. Oh, well, read my piece, and you'll find out what it was. <laughs> I like. want to know. Yes, so check that out. And uh, what's up with you, Lisa? Yeah, um, I actually just had a piece of interactive fiction published on subq.com, which Ooh. is actually kind of a throwback to a much more pleasurable 80s entertainment, which was the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure book. Um, so you basically it's a game where you're a worker on the moon and you have to try and get through your day without getting killed. Which is <laughs> right. nice and cheery, yeah. Um, but it's called Another Day in Seething Bay, and you can find it on sub-q.com. And uh, you can also check out what I'm doing um, on lisashininger.com. I've got some links out there to some other things that are going on. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at OCFairer. Yay! And as always, I am at E on Twitter. The next episode of this show is going to be Poe, Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. Hopefully we can track that down in time for this episode. <laughs> but um, it's it's a classic... Poe, 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 It's a classic... Po. We mentioned John Doe. I think it's appropriate that this is what we're plugging is because... It's a very similar, like, nonsense. We, we also watched New Amsterdam it's with Carly. It's art. It's Poe is art. And also includes Leslie Odom Jr., so if you want a little extra push, there you I'm go. I'm in! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what our reaction was, too. Uh, but, and so, so go check that out, um, and then you can find my other stuff um, on uh, the Televixen. It, most of the stuff is wrapped for the season by this point, but you can always go back and catch up on some of the shows you haven't watched. Go watch the iZombie season finale. It was amazing. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter for the show at the Televoid. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. We are approximately eight people away from getting a drunk episode of us watching Entourage, the movie, wow. and talking about it. So go do that. We have to do this, <laughs> um, aren't we? <laughs> unfortunately, yes. I think it is looking like we'll have to do this. And um, uh, as I mentioned, try and if you can find the episode of Poe, I'm sure we're going to try and link it to some people if we can find it online. But I hope to to, to give it a good uh, it's recap. It's pilot people, so it's 
it it's gonna be, be tough, to but we'll do our best to describe it in its full glory. Um, so stay tuned for that episode, and then um, you can you can write us suggestions. You can uh, give us your opinion on Alf if you think he was a, a hero to to I guess Melmachians everywhere. Let us know, um, and uh, you can email us at thetelvoid at gmail.com to let us know that stuff. And in the meantime, thanks for wandering into the Telvoid. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.